Today, I just want to spend some time with you. Thank you to Pastor Jonathan for giving me the uh, privilege and the opportunity to bring the word today for fathers. Um, been thinking a lot about this uh, topic of fathers, and of course, today is going to look more, going to be more like a, a topical uh, sermon. But we will never get out from bringing the word of God. The word of God is the one who's going to lead us into this sermon today and to show us uh, the importance of being a father. You know, um, last night when I was looking at uh, something that I wanted to. Uh, Thinking about, you know, the year that, that, uh, that has gone by and, you know, things that, that happen in us as fathers' lives, you know, when the years go by. Uh, there's a bucket list that I saw that it was, I thought that it was very important to bring up today for all of us. This bucket list talks about a father before kids and a father after kids, you know. So, of course, before kids, they were not a father, but now they become a father so what did that bucket list says? The bucket list says, before kids, climb volcanoes. Before kids, I used to climb volcanoes. After kids, pee alone. Before kids, learn French. After kids, sleep eight hours. Bucket list, before kids, Swing with sharks. Imagine, you can swim with sharks before kids. After kids, hear myself think. Number four, hike the great ocean's road. That's before kids. After kids, wear non-stretchy pants. Before kids, ride a camel. After kids, drink coffee hot. Before kids, ran a marathon. After kids, shower alone. So it's obvious that once you have children, you become a father, things change in life. But one thing that I want you to focus on today is that what is it that the Word of God says about fathers? How can I be sure that, to know that I'm doing the job that God requires me to do as a father? And one thing that I want to tell you today is that if you and I will have read the Word of God, we have been exposed to the a Bible's portrayal of, of what God requires of man or a father. And if you agree with me today, you will know, you will understand that in today's world, what we need today is godly men. You see what's going on around. You see what's happening around this world. In our communities, in our schools, our society. And, and, and you have to be very certain that today we need to recognize that what this world needs is godly men. God has a purpose for men. And we need to understand what is that God requires for you and I to be a good father. I want to take you to Proverbs real quick. That's not what I'm leading you on today, but just thinking about what God requires in our lives. Proverbs 26 says real quick, I just wanted to just engage a little bit in this verse, but 
and, and the book of Proverbs, but it says, many men proclaim his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find? We need to understand that most men will proclaim each his own goodness. And it is true that most everyone feel that they are good in their own eyes. Many are happy to proclaim it, wanting others to know what their supposed goodness is. But the question is, who can find a faithful man? And what we need to understand today is that true faithfulness in a man is different than self-advertised goodness. A faithful man doesn't want or need to proclaim his own goodness. A wise man says, the quiet satisfaction of faithfulness to God and man is enough. So if there was ever a day, again, ever a day in this world that we need men that have what God requires to be a father, today is the day. And as being Father's Day today, I wanted to encourage you. I want to lift you up. I want you to tell you, you know, we can be good fathers. But before being a good father, we need to be good men. And when we think about good men, I'm talking about a godly man. Not the man that you see out there. I have a problem when I hear all this topics about people and churches sometimes that they give you a tame ways and how to be a good father. Five tips about being a good father and do this and do that. And they tend to forget that, again, to, for you to be able to be a good father, first you need to be a good man. And to be able to be a good man, you have to be a godly man. There's no such a thing as you can be a good father and you can slack off as a man. There's no such a, such a thing that you can be a godly father and not be a godly man. There's requirements from God for all of us to be that type of man that God is looking so we can become godly fathers. Our world needs us to be men that are leading families. Living life for God, seeking God, reaching out for the goals that God has put in everyone's, every man's life. But besides that, we understand today that your wife, my wife, she needs a godly man. Any wife saying amen here? Oh, all right. Whew. Your children, my children, they need a godly man. The church needs godly men. Our community, our society, this nation needs godly men. So let me point out today a passage that will speak directly to us men, fathers. And if you're not a father, and you're here today, this is going to be awesome for you. Because for you to be able to be a godly father, first you're going to have to be a godly man. 
Let's go now to the book of Psalms. And I want you to open your Bibles in the book of Psalms, chapter 112. And we're going to read from verse 1 to 9. And while you're looking for Psalm 112, verse 1 to 9, let me just let you know that this is a powerful passage of the Scripture that it was written by a man for man. Imagine that. It was written by a man for man. So let's read. Praise the Lord. Bless is the man who fears the Lord. And worship him with obedience. Who delight greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth, riches are in the house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light arises in the darkness of the upright. He is gracious and compassionate and righteous. It is well with the man who is gracious, lent. He conducts his affairs with justice. He will never be shaken. The righteous will be remembered forever. He will not fear bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is upheld. He will not fear while he looks on his adversaries. He has given freely to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted in honor. Let me just pray real quick. Father Almighty God, we just want to take this time to let you, the Holy Spirit, Father, to lead us to have an understanding of your word, Father, and what you want to bring to each one of us as men today. So we can just pick up where we have left off and, and just move forward in life, knowing that you have called each one of us to follow your instructions in your name. Amen. So notice that David is the author of this psalm. And, and one thing you need to remember is that David was a man's man. We have to remember that he was a brave who killed, he went to kill the giant Goliath and he cut off his head. He was a warrior, a man who, who, who led uh, 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 soldiers, who prepared those who wanted to be in the battlefield. When we think about David and we read this, we need to understand that David was also a, a businessman, a, a man with, with great responsibility, a man who he uh, was successful as a king. He was one of the most successful kings, actually, in the, all history. He was a builder, an administrator. But also, David was a spiritual man. David was a spiritual man. He was a man after God's own heart, as the word of God says. David was a leader in the temple of worship. He wrote psalms, hymns. 
He prays. He danced before the Lord. That, that, that's how much passion he had to, to, to worship God, to be that spiritual man that you and I would like to be. We want to be. But also David, also, he was a family man. He was a family man that they had responsibilities. He had a wife. He had children. But in fact, in this area of David's life, this is where he produced his greatest failure. Like many fathers, David allowed other things to distract him. Like David, he changed his priorities. His attention went somewhere else instead of be focusing on his family, what God wanted to do with him. So by saying all this, we can realize today, man, Father, that David could relate to every one of us today here. He experienced everything, everything that you and I have experienced as men. And he actually excelled in everything that he did. David can relate to us, and most of us can relate to him. Because at one point or another, also we have failed. We have had failures in our life. We have made mistakes. So I want to bring this to you today because I want you to understand that when we read the Word of God, we always tend to see you know, the greatest things and the, 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 the beautiful things that men have done and how God has used men. But we need to understand that you and I, as these men, we also can fail. If we lose our attention, if we lose our focus on God, we will fail and we will be regretting the things that we have done. So it's a time for us to learn and to understand that not only we read, not only we see what God has done with men in the, in the Bible and their, their, their victories and their failures, it's not for only us to read it, but it's also to follow it. It's for us to learn and engage and use our lives in a way where we can go before God and ask Him for guidance on the things that we're doing. Your children, my children, they need godly fathers. Because if not, we're going to regret the things that we will do in their lives. Every day, there's men that, that, uh, that, that become first-time fathers. And we understand that, that there's no training, no instructions to be a father. And that's the reason that we need to go to the place where everyone thinks to forget, and that is the Word of God. This is our guidance. This is our instruction. This is the place where we need to be. This is the, 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 the manual that we need to read if we want to be trained well, that we want to have instructions to be able to be godly men. We need to get back into the reading our Word, the Word of God. And not only reading, but for us to be able to follow what God is asking us to do. 
If you read Psalm 112 again, and specifically verse 1, this is where exactly where everything begins. Everything will begin if you focus on that and look closely. It says, praise the Lord, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delight in his commandments. This gets right to the root of the problem that we're having today's date with most men and fathers. Too many fathers do not have a healthy fear of God. They have a misunderstanding of this fear of God. They don't understand that when the Word of God talks about the fear of the Lord, the fear of God, it means to be with all, inspired, reverence, reverence to God, and worship Him with our obedience. Are we being obedient to God? That's what it means. Are we being obedient? We love God so much. We want to follow God so much. Are we being obedient? That we see Him in awe. That we get inspired to, to have that reverence before God. Against everything that you and I will do, that's what we will transmit. This is what we will give to our children. If you're a man, a father who follows God's heart, they will follow God's heart because that's the instructions that you're giving to them, to your daughter, to your son, for them to know that you rely only rely, rely on God only, not on your job, not on your education, your, uh, how intellectual you are. No. They will rely on God like you are relying on God every day. That's what they're looking for. But we have a problem. That's the root of the problem. The men, fathers, do not understand that we need to have this fear of God that God is calling us to have in a good way. And too many men, too many fathers do not find great delight in his commandments. They don't. We tend to forget that, that this is a blessing when we understand that his commands will be a delight for us, will bring blessings, will bring correction, guidance. But we don't want to. We tend to forget that this is the, the first place where we need to start as man, as father. Praise the Lord. Bless is the man. Listen, bless is the man. Bless is the man. Bless is the father who fears the Lord, who greatly delighted in his commands. When a man truly fears God and truly loves God's word, that man is on his way to fulfill God's requirements. To be able to fulfill God's requirements, first you have to have this fear of God. Love God's words and his commands. 
His life is going to be productive, successful. You will have victory. Yes, you will have uh, uh, situations in your life where you will make mistakes, but that will not stop you because you know that the fear of God will help you to lift up, to get up again, go ask for forgiveness, and to renew your vows before the Lord and say, I'm going to follow you, God. It will not stop you. But many of us, we have a lack of that. And let me just take you to some of the, I want you to look at some of the promises that are associated with, with those men and fathers who, who fear God, who find great delight in His commands. Look at verse 2. The Word of God says, His offsprings will be mighty in the land. The generation of upright will be blessed. So one thing that you need to understand today by this verse 2 is that there's a promise concerning our children. Our children. They've been put in our hands for us to lead them. To raise men and women who are Lovable to God, who love God, who seek God, who embrace God, no matter what society is telling them, no matter what the school will tell them, they will embrace God the day and night because it's a promise concerning our children if you are that man that fears and find great delight in his commands. Look what it says in verse 3 and 4. Wealth and riches are in the house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. There's a promise concerning character. The character that we will bring, that we will give to our children. The character that's supposed to be first in you so you can give to them. So they can see that this character in them is a character of a man or a woman who know who God is. Who seek God. Who acknowledge God. Look what verse 5 says. It says, it is well with the man who deals generously generously and lends who conduct his affairs with justice speaks about a promise concerning the conduct the conduct that you and I should have that we need to have that we need to understand that a man who deals with certain things who conducts Himself with justice is recognizing who God is in your life. But it doesn't finish there. Look what verse 6 to 8 says. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. 
He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in truth in his adversaries. When we read from 6 to 8, we understand that God is bringing this promise of a man who has confidence. Confidence of who he is in Christ. Confidence of knowing that, you know what, it doesn't matter the situations that I might be going through. I know who I serve, so I know who's with me. It doesn't matter situations that might arise that I might not have understanding. Don't need to have men understanding when you have God's understanding. Don't need to have the intelligence or, the, or be intellectual about what to do and how to do things when God's word is there to lead you into victory. It's a time. It's a time for men to rise up and to say, you know what, I want to be that godly father. It is good for me. It is given to me. It's an opportunity for me. But first, I got to start in that place where I fail, which is I do not have any fear of God. And that's why I do everything I think is right without seeking his word. I lead my life for what I know, what I have learned in life, and I leave behind what God has given me. So like that, he will lead me into the places where I know that I will find pleasure and victory. And when you read it, verse number 9, it says, He has distributed freely. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is assaulted in honor. Charity. A promise concerning our charity. How are we today? Can we say today that we are leaving these promises to our children? Can we say today that we're following this so they can receive? So they can receive what God has given us so we can give to the next generation, so we can see men that are walking in life like godly men, and then they will become godly fathers? We need to think about that. Beautiful, this verse 9, where it says, His righteousness endures forever. So how many of us men, how many of us men want to be that kind of a man? As we can see here in the book of Psalm by King David, how many of us we want to be that kind of man? Let me just remind you again that all this begins in verse 1. Be a man who fears God and find great delight in his commands. I'm telling you today, this kind of man and father we need today. 
And we have to be honest. This is the kind of man is hard to find today. In churches, in our community, in our homes. Unfortunately, we got more men thinking that coming to church per se is just a good thing, that that'll be enough, that that'll work out for me and my family. And I want to tell you today, my brother, father, man, if you're not seeking God, if you're not reading the Word, your family will not endure the situations and the things that they will find in their way into the future. The only way that you and I can be an impact in their lives is by being men who are seeking God, reading the Word, and giving them the instructions that God is giving us so we can give to them and not the instructions that we have in our own lives. I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you today, our men that are here, and for you to challenge other men's. To believe that you can become a good father, a godly father. When we talk about men behaving godly, specifically, is that kind of man that will provide godly leadership in their homes. Is a man who will be a godly man who will provide love to his wife. It will be a godly man that will bring to his children a godly love so they can be good children, sons and daughters. But one thing that I, that I feel that we fail in, in, in our society today is to, to encourage, to acknowledge the power and the influence the man has. The world of God is clear about the influence of man. God made man. With an influence, with a structure, with a way and how to lead their family. And if it's not happening today, it's not because there's nothing there. It's because they're refusing to read and follow the Word of God. So they cannot say, I'm ignorant about this. When we think about men who have made an impact, David, Abraham... And many others, Paul, Peter, I mean, we can, we can name it all. And you can find, I mean, if you Google, you're going to find the men who have made the right decisions and the men who have not made the right decisions. Fathers who have done the right decision, made the right decisions, and fathers who have failed. We see David. What happened? A great godly man, but he failed in one part of his life. He fell in one stage of his life, and that stage was on being a good husband and a good father. You and I, we think that because we bring bread to the house, that's enough. If we think like that, we're a fool. It's not about bringing a check. It's not about dressing your kids. It's not, it's not about providing what's needed, materials and other things that we can bring to our children. I'd rather be poor and have a father who can bring me what's essential, what's powerful, what's the most needed in today's state, and that is the Word of God. Because I would never go hungry. God will feed me. 
God will feed me. Do you believe that God can feed you? Hmm? God can feed us. Doesn't matter the circumstances. But that's only men, fathers who are following to be godly men. So I want to tell you today that there's an acknowledge of power of influence that you and I have. As a husband, you have a powerful influence upon your wife. And I want to tell you today that your, your wife's happiness and emotional security in life rests almost entirely upon you. And you tend to forget that. But the Word of God is clearly about that. I believe that this is exactly what the Bible means when it says in Ephesians 5.24, the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body on which he is the Savior. So it's clearly, it's clearly that, that, that the wives are looking for to have that security. And of course, they can find it in God, but God has provided you to be that man that will remember, will, re, will remind his wife at all times. You know why you're secure here? Because I'm a godly husband. I'm a godly father. I'm a godly man. Being the head of the wife doesn't mean that you are the boss or, 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 or the, the master. It doesn't mean that you have the right to rule over. That's not what the world God teaches us. Being the head of your wife means that you have the responsibility for her well-being. You are her supplier. You are the one who provides security, satisfaction to her. But that, all that comes through God, from God. It doesn't come from man. It has to come from God. What David was and what point in his life, everything was provided by God. God was preparing David. He was preparing, since he was small, he was preparing David to become a king. God is preparing you day and night for those who are seeking him for you to be that king. How many men can say amen? Huh? He's preparing us. But only if we follow that. I believe God, God built our wife to be a responder. And uh, 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 when you love her, it's the same way that Christ loved the church. She will be secure, satisfied, happy. If your wife is not happy, then you need to go back and have a conversation with God and ask, where am I failing? Why is it my wife feels the way she feels? Is it that I'm not following you, Lord? Is it that I'm not going back into this area where there's actual a a blessings that will come upon my life if I follow your word, follow your instructions. We need to go back to God. And as a father, you have a powerful influence also on your children. 
Look what it says again in verse 1 and 2 of uh, uh, Psalm 112. Praise the Lord, blesses the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delight in his commandments. Dad, Father, I want you to realize the tremendous impact that you and I will make in our children. It doesn't matter what the world is telling them. It doesn't matter what TV will tell them. Their friends will tell them. You are the role model. I am the role model. But we're following the role model of God in our lives, so then we can become the role model in our children's life. I want you to, to know today that your children need you desperately. They need you. And they need you today to, for you to realize that if there's anything that you're doing that is not connected with God, with the curtains of what God says in his word, you need to go back. This is a time for you to wake up and for you to say, you know what, let me get back into seeking the Lord, reading the word, and for me to ask God, where am I failing as a father? Maybe you have not understand the instruction that God has given us. But they're explicit. They're there. So when you leave today, I advise you, I encourage you, that you go back to the men, what it has been given to us to follow. So you can learn, so you can beg, get back in track on what God is calling you and I to do as fathers. I challenge you to read the Bible. I challenge you to pray. Take time for yourself to follow the righteous example of a godly father. Our kids today, they need a full-time dad, not a part-time dad. And many of us, many times, we have done that. We have become part-time dads, not full-time. It is impossible to be able to lead our children if we're only part-time dads. And let me tell you, there are some dads that are home and there's some dads that are not home. But I can tell you this much. There are dads that, are, that they possibly, they sleep in their homes and they still are absent fathers. Even though they live in the house, they're still absent fathers. So it's not just to be there. It's more than just to be there with them. Instruction, love, care, understanding, reprimand. As our Father also lead us to tell us what to do and what not to do. That's the same example of what we need to do today. So I want to encourage you today, Dad, Father, for you to understand if somebody can go up 
I know the time is almost there. Um, and I'll close with this. I want you to understand that I could have pretty much gone into a whole verse-by-verse verse explanation of the Word of God, which is very important. But today, as fathers, I think we need this one-on-one -on -one wake up uh, realization of, of, of what we need to do as fathers. Today is a day where we need to put ourselves in a spot that if we feel uncomfortable today by listening to some of these things, then it's time for you to go ahead and make a change. It's not about feeling bad. What good does that you feel bad, but you don't do nothing about it? How many times we have felt bad about things that we've done, but we don't do anything about it? A godly man, a godly father, understand that he can make mistakes. But a godly father, godly man, understand that those mistakes will not be done over and over and over and over. It takes only one time for a godly man to understand, this is it, I messed up, it's not happening again. I understand. So do not let your kids, do not let your wife go on wishing for this godly father, this godly husband. It is time for, for you and I as men to stop behaving in a way that is not good before God. And some of you might just will dismiss what I have said today. Some of you might try to talk to God and to excuse yourself for the way that you've been behaving and the way you've been living your life. But I'll tell you today, we need to, and it's time to deal, start dealing with our spiritual condition in our lives. Because what good is it that I talk about a good father, a godly father, when I cannot bring to you that before that, you have to be a godly man. It doesn't work. I wonder if there's any fathers here today that you already had enough. You had enough dealing with your issues, with your sin, the way you're living today. And that you are ignoring God. I wonder if there's some men today that are willing to say, you know what? This is it. This is where everything stops. If we're going to celebrate Father's Day, next year I want to celebrate Godly Father's Day because now I'm doing the will of God and not the will of this world. If there's some man here today, they're ready to stand firmly and to be that godly man that God is calling you and I to be. That's a question. Verse 10 says, The wicked man sees it and is angry. 
<laughs> so there might be some men who are angry I don't know he gnashed his teeth and melt away the desire of the wicked will perish it's time it's time that for us to put before the throne of God all those areas those, those spiritual areas that we're now doing right it's time to put it before God so that it can perish so it can be gone this is it. You and I as fathers are called to be men that knows that we're no longer slaves, but we're free by Jesus Christ who died on the cross for us. If you can go ahead and stand up and we're going to pray. But I want you to just spend some time with God before we get into pray for the men who are here today.